Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Who hates Iowa? And Blake, Iowa Gopher. I hate Iowa. I also have a strong and abiding dislike of Iowa. Um, all right, well, real quickly, because I know there was already obviously great takes about this. Uh, final thoughts on Illinois. My final thought is Illinois is really fucking bad. Uh, Blake, how about you? Uh, I would concur that they are really fucking bad. Um, not going to take much from that game in terms of uh, Minnesota, but, I mean, a win's a win. Uh, I'm, just, I'm curious how much longer uh, the Lovey Smith experiment lasts. Um, I think he obviously bought himself this season with the bowl game last year, but... I mean, there's just that program. There's just no form. And COVID, fin- and COVID finances. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, that's Illinois in a tough spot uh, with him. I'm very curious to see how much longer he lasts there. But, uh, you know, as a Minnesota fan, I'm not going to complain that he's there. Yeah, Illinois. Uh, Andy, any other thoughts about Illinois? Uh, more of that, please. I don't know if we'll get it, but yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have more of that. <laughs> Whatever that was, more of it. Okay. Iowa, you've heard us. It's time for you to play like the state university where most of your students come from. Uh, all right, so Iowa week, obviously, we hate Iowa. Uh, Blake, quick, quickly for me, can you break down Iowa's offense? Well, they've got a new quarterback this year, uh, Spencer Petras. I think he's a sophomore, first-year starter. and normally they have. Is he Greek? He sounds Greek. I don't think he's Greek. He's definitely very much, the, at least the photos that they took of him for that first game, he's just he seems like, he reminds me a lot of C.J. Beathard, just very Southern, probably plays in a garage band. Uh, I don't think he's God. I don't think he's Greek. But, yeah, he's definitely that typical Iowa quarterback that uh, looks like they just pulled him out of, so they were driving by a garage sale and said, hey, can you play quarterback? Um, but he's a, he's actually probably been the source of their struggles so far this year. Um, he really hadn't had much experience prior to this year. Um, and through three games so far, he's only completing like 54% of his passes, and he's actually thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. I think he's thrown three interceptions and two touchdowns. Um, he's just uh, had those early season uh, new quarterback jitters. He's just missed open wide receivers. He's thrown these bullets that just bounce off his wide receiver's hands and um, he's just prone to making some poor decisions in the pocket when he gets uncomfortable, um, and that's really hampered their offense. Uh, and especially uh, in the second half, uh, through, through those first two games, they had two losses to Purdue and Northwestern. They, they averaged uh, 18.5 points in the first half of those two games and then averaged 1.5 points in the second half of those two games. Um, so obviously when uh, Brian Ferentz, the Iowa offense coordinator, goes off script, uh, things tend to go a little bit wrong. Um, and both in both games too, uh, a lot of the pressure was on uh, Petrus Petrus. I'm not sure which pronunciation is correct. I think he attempted something like forty or fifty passes in both games. And obviously, if you're relying pretty heavily early in the season on a first year starting quarterback, uh, that's usually not going to go well. Uh, and what's strange too is they probably have their best uh, wide receiving core um, in some time. Uh, led by Amir Smith Marset, who uh, was recently arrested for going 75 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone and charged while drunk, charged with operating a vehicle under the influence. But he did serve uh, a whole game suspension uh, against. Oh, are they bringing him back from Minnesota? I see. Yes, he will be back uh, as far as uh, Kirk Ferentz is concerned. So uh, really learned his lesson with that one game suspension where he doubled up a speed limit, which while drunk, yeah, that's 
Okay. When he practiced on the scout team last week too, so he's probably uh, taking his lumps, understood the the dangers of, of driving while intoxicated and going 75 in a 30 mile per hour zone. So let's just trust Kirk. He's got a good track record in terms of uh, discipline and culture. So uh, I'm sure everything's above board there. Um, but behind Smith Marset, they've got uh, another tight, another good tight end, Sam Laporta. He's actually uh, Peters' favorite target in the passing game. He's no, at this point, at least, uh, he's not TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle, but he's just uh, a steady safety valve in the passing game. Um, they've got uh, Nika Regani, who's probably their top possession receiver, and then Brandon Smith, uh, another senior wide receiver, is, has the only two receiving touchdowns uh, on the team. But uh, but honestly, what concerns me most is uh, their backfield. They've actually got a pretty good running back uh, in sophomore Tyler Goodson. He leads the team with uh, 43 carries and 233 rushing, rushing yards and three touchdowns. Um, he's also pretty active in the passing game. He's got about seven receptions for 67 yards, so he's averaging about nine yards per reception. He's just a fast and elusive back, and uh, he's going to be a problem for defenses that can't tackle well. Um, and you know, you, Iowa's just a, an offensive line factory, uh, so you know they're going to be blocking really well. And obviously, Minnesota doesn't beat them in quite some time, and we've seen what that offense can do, especially when uh, if the officials aren't calling holding. Um, but so you'll see a lot of Tyler Goodson, and also he'll probably split carries with uh, the senior running back Mackay Sargent. So um, just really kind of an up and down offense. Uh, but I think really the the key is pretty simple. If you can stop the run and force uh, them to try to beat you with Petrus through the air, you're probably going to have a pretty good recipe for success. Um, that worked for Purdue and Northwestern, and then last week uh, the Iowa offense finally figured it out against Michigan State. But honestly, that was. Uh, <laughs> pretty putrid game for the Spartans. I think in the span of, a span of less than a minute, they allowed a power turn for a touchdown and threw a pick six. So uh can't say Michigan State really acquitted themselves well in that game. But, uh, yeah, that's the story in the Iowa offense. All right, Andy. So if the key to beating Iowa, at least so far, has been uh, put it on Petrus's shoulders, do you think the Minnesota defense will be able to do that? Will they be able to hold the run in check enough to – force Iowa to throw and then maybe open up some opportunities for picks and and other uh, good plays from a Minnesota defensive perspective. Well, they're definitely going to have the work cut out for them. I mean, um, as we've seen, obviously the, the gopher run defense has by far been the weakest link on this team. Um, and, and it'll depend on what team shows up. If it's the gopher team that showed up against Michigan and Maryland, uh, we were in deep trouble. If it's the defense that showed up against Illinois, which was bend and occasionally break but not every other play break um it's still going to be a tight game obviously so honestly it's it's probably all going to be on on the defensive line in the linebackers hands if they can get rid of some holes if they can fill gaps if they can wrap up and tackle then i think they've got a chance to do that but if we've got mariano sorimarin running all over the field trying to catch up to a play and we've got Cody Lindenberg running the wrong way, not filling the gap he needs to fill, uh, it could be a really long night. Um, you know, we saw a lot of James Gordon in the second half. I think I'll, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of him. Uh, he's obviously a little bit more athletic than, than both the other two gopher linebackers I just mentioned. Um, so hopefully we'll see uh, we'll see him in there. And, and But the biggest thing is going to be just fill, fill the gaps where you need to be in tackle. I mean, it, it, it sounds easy, but obviously it's not. But even last week when they were filling gaps better, there were several times where they could not wrap up a guy. 
they, you know, the Illinois, whether it be Epstein or whatever, would break two tackles, three tackles before he'd finally get dragged down on the go for secondary. And that's not going to work against Iowa. If you get arms on a guy, you got to bring him down. So, um, I would say, you know, if I was I was a betting man, the odds wouldn't be in the Gophers' favor. But uh, you know, we've we've seen this team before take steps forward and forward every single game. Um, you know, work work on uh, improving from early in the season to to mid season and later. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them Friday night. All right, Blake, uh, Iowa's defense, help me out. Uh, they they are pretty good. Um, honestly, they've been almost kind of a uh, evil over evil twin version of Minnesota. Whereas Minnesota's defense has been putrid, their offense has been great. Iowa's offense has been pretty bad, and the defense has been really good as per usual. Um, I was actually kind of surprised to see. I think they're ranked number one in rush defense in the Big Ten. Um, even though Purdue, uh, their running back Xander Horvath, kind of racked up, I think 129 rushing yards against them in Week One. And then Northwestern grinded out um, 143 rushing yards week two. So there's maybe a little bit more uh, running room than usual. I think across the Big Ten, we're seeing a lot of defenses that are struggling, at least early in the season. And, you know, Iowa came into the season having to replace three guys at linebacker. Uh, Christian Welch graduated, Dylan Doyle transferred to Baylor, and then they had a projected starter, um, Jamin Colbert, who opted out of the season. Um, but they've got a couple of solid guys there, senior Nick Neiman, and Richard's off been set best, and they've both been pretty good at linebacker f- for them. Um, their defensive line, even without A.J. Uh, Epinesa, is still pretty good uh, on the edge. The name that you're going to want to watch is uh, Chauncey Golston. He's got, I think, three, three and a half tackles for loss and two sacks so far this season. Um, just consistency has been their biggest issue in terms of uh, generating a pass rush without having to blitz. Um, on the Up the middle, uh, defensive tackle Davion Nix has, has been their big breakout star. He's had Already 21 tackles through three games. Uh, six of those are tackles for loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble. So he's a guy that's looking at possibly an all-Big Ten season, and I know Hawkeye fans are really excited about him. So even with their losses in the defensive front from a season ago, they've just basically reloaded as, as Iowa has done. Um, and somehow, too, they're against the pass, they're still really stingy. Uh, they've got a pretty good safety in Jack uh, Kerner, who's probably their most the most valuable piece of their secondary uh, he leads all the defensive backs with 23 tackles and is, is tied for a lead with t- uh, two interceptions. Um, they've actually, as a team, have snagged six interceptions through three games so far, which is obviously a, a pretty good rate. I don't know how sustainable that is, but uh, um, Tanner Morgan's probably going to need to keep those interceptions to a minimum against this group. Um, and they actually have two pretty good cornerbacks in uh, senior Matt Hankins and junior Riley Moss. Um Although both of them had a tough time week one against uh, Purdue's receivers, you know, like David Bell, Milton Wright. So um, they're not unbeatable, but I think uh, in this game, Minnesota's probably going to need someone else besides Rashad Bateman to step up because obviously I think they're going to lock in on him. So as a whole, it's just another Iowa defense. Uh, they're going to really focus on the run, obviously, with Muhammad Ibrahim, um, but also they're really tough through the air. So I think Minnesota's got their work cut out for them, and this is arguably the best defense they'll have faced up to this season, up to this point in the season. All right, so Andy, hearing what Blake has said, if you were to look for a, uh, a hopeful game plan uh, to execute, would you want Minnesota to stick with what they've done, start with the run, go to the pass? Just come. What would you want to see uh, to, to break down Iowa? Yeah, I mean, I think we we got to stick with what's been working, and you got to have a, a good mix of the, the run and the pass. But I mean, I think. 
um, for whatever reason this season, Mo, Mo Ibrahim has been has been what's been working for the Minnesota offense. Um, and, and Iowa's definitely going to try and stop it, but if the Gophers can get good push from the right side of their offensive line like they've been getting, and uh, and the way Moe's running, I mean, he might not go for 200-some yards again for the third game in a row, but if you can get him a good game and get him some space and, and you know, he can get some runs, the biggest thing is going to be when, when Mo gets you, let's just say, four or five yards on first down, and you're looking at those second and five, second and sixes, it's going to be big time on on Mike Sanford it's going to be big time on Tanner Morgan you, you got to try and make something of those mid plays i mean when when Minnesota struggled against Maryland when Minnesota struggled against Michigan it was they get 3 yards on first down and they'd be stuck with second and 6 second and 7 and they really wouldn't come up with a good second down play either you know a lot of the times they're running up the middle and then leaving you with third and 6 or they try pass plays that didn't work, or things like that. So those second down plays are going to be really big for Minnesota to try and get something out of them. You know, if you can get third and shorts or get first downs on them, you can move the ball up the field. Then you know, I think the Gopher offense can get into a get into a roll and get moving. But if we're getting to a point where I was stopping what we want to do, and we have second and seven, second and eight turning into third and seven every single drive. Um, that's when the Gopher offense gets bogged down and, and get into trouble. So, um, you know, hope hope that Mo continues to play as well as he's playing. But it's really going to be on on the Gopher offense and, and the coaching staff, whoever's making those play calls, to try and find something that Minnesota can execute well on those second downs. All right, uh, it's probably a reasonable time to turn away from the hated uh, Iowa Hawkeyes to basketball briefly. Um, this has been a, an actually a surprising off season where all the basketball news, minus the fact that they've paused practices for COVID, which was going to happen eventually anyway, probably, uh, has been good. And Andy, we've had more good news this week, and I don't know quite what to do with it. Yeah, you know, I'm not normally the basketball guy, but with uh, with nobody else here, I'll I'll bring you bring you what I can do. Shade. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, but it has it has been a, a good, you know, except for the fact that they did announce that practice is currently suspended due to COVID issues. Um off the field or off the court, it's been a good uh good couple of days for Gopher basketball. They, you know, we we earlier got the uh, official approval of uh, of Booth Gotch's waiver. Um the transfer from Austin, Minnesota, who played at the University of Utah for the last uh, couple of years, he will step in and, and basically start at small forward from this team from day one. Um, he's he's going to be uh, an immediate impact player. Averaged uh, 10.7 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 2.9 assists for Utah last year. Um, so he'll he'll step in and immediately start start at three for Minnesota. Obviously, they got the uh, other waiver, um, the Drake Robbins. Uh, he's he's improved and ready to go. He'll start at center for Minnesota. Um, so, yeah, between that and Marcus Carr getting a name preseason All Big Ten on Monday when when the Big Ten preseason awards were announced, um, it, it's been a pretty good couple of days for Minnesota. Um, you know, now we turn and wait. Uh, we're still awaiting the Big Ten schedule to be announced. Hopefully, getting that I would guess early next week. Um, we've got a rough idea of some of the Gopher non-conference games. I know I know Zips has put an article out on that on the blog. Um, looks like we're getting, you know, other than the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge when Boston College is coming into Williams Arena, it's uh, it's pretty much a load of nobodies. Uh, North Dakota and I think like 
northern Arizona and Loyola Marymount and and some schools like that. So it's it's not going to be um, it's not going to be too tough a, a non conference task. But um, from what sounds like an absolute loaded Big Ten, that should be enough. And if the Gophers can play up their potential. Um, they've got a decent chance to finish, you know, in that upper middle of the Big Ten and, and should easily make the NCAA tournament. Time is kind of uh, a, a false construct during COVID, so signing day for basketball snuck up on me. Uh, is that tomorrow? Apparently that is tomorrow, uh, at least according to uh, Marcus Fuller and some of the other media sources. <laughs> the, pe- the people who should know. The hopefully. people who should know, yeah. No, uh, Minnesota has, has obviously they, they brought in uh, the transfers, so they have only two uh, freshmen signing for the 2021 class tomorrow. Uh, both tall wings. Um, Trayton Thompson is 6'11", 190. Um, originally from uh, Alexandria, Minnesota, he's now transferred to La Lumiere School in Indiana for his senior year. Um, you know, he, he's going to be sort of that uh, more like your your tall three. He's going to be um, he's not going to be your banger inside, but he's going to be he'll he'll stretch the floor, he'll shoot from behind the arc, um, he'll try and bring you out like that. Uh, more of more of the banger type uh, is Kenny Poto, who's at Sunrise Christian and from Wichita. Uh, six eleven, two forty. He's gonna probably be that, uh, you know, that that, that four coming in who's gonna be giving you rebounding presence and and inside scoring. Um, so yeah, both both those players are expected to both the recruits are expected to sign with Minnesota tomorrow. Uh, they'll be in here in in twenty twenty one when the, the Gophers. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, honestly. You know, getting ahead of ourselves, who who Minnesota will lose. Obviously, with all uh, players getting. Uh, the year of eligibility back in theory, Minnesota doesn't have to lose anybody uh, this off season or in between 2020 and 2021. Um, you would assume Marcus Carr might be trying to test the, the NFL draft wa- waters again or something like that. But oh, whoa, he, he's going out as a wide receiver right now. Oh, did I say NFL? I'm sorry. <laughs> NBA draft waters. Um, but I mean, if you look at the Minnesota roster, um, Western Michigan transfer Brandon Johnson, who who may come in and, and start at the four for Minnesota this year. Um, you know, he, he's a senior, and Eric Curry, who's hopefully going to play in year six. God, I hope his knees hold up just for the kid's mental sanity. Yeah. I mean, they're the only two. Uh, okay, Hunt Conroy, I guess, is a senior as well. But, though, you know, Johnson is the only senior, along with hopefully Curry, who are expected to make any impact this season, and in theory... Uh, they should be able to come back again next year if they so wish. Obviously, you got to figure out how to balance the scholarships and things like that, whatever. But, um, you know, all in all, Minnesota has a, has a pretty deep team this year, and they should hopefully be able to extend that depth into 2021-2022. We'll just have to see what happens on the court. But uh, on paper, it sure looks like a good opportunity for the Gophers to make some noise. All right, we're going to stick with uh, Andy for this, unless, Blake, you feel like, Absolutely, completely bullshitting about hockey. Do you do you feel like that? I guess um, is my question. You know, uh, just pulling from my knowledge base of hockey here, uh, I hope this. I just want to say, I hope this team scores a lot of goals and uh, stops the other team from scoring uh, more goals than them. So yeah, that, that's that's the extent. We we got a standing, real we got a real he's standing Herb on his head with that analysis. I, I was right I was gonna say we got a real Herb Brooks over here. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen the again. I, I, I've seen the movie Miracle, so I, I I know a lot about hockey. Hey boys, um, all right. 
hockey, a couple things that I've paid attention to. They finally released at least, I don't know, four weekends of a schedule, except not all of them are weekends. Um, do we have, uh, that was for the men. I can't remember if the WCHA got their ass in gear and gave the women a schedule yet. And we're picked to, the men are picked to win the Big Ten. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the men. Uh, yes, the, the Big Ten did release a partial schedule last week, and they also released their, their preseason awards um, either Monday or, I think it was Monday. Uh, yes, and, and the Gophers were predicted to win the Big Ten by the by the rest of the coaches, which, um, you know, Minnesota came on late last year pretty well, but they, they finished in that middle of the pack. Um, but seeing them, the coaches expecting them to jump another level up to the top of the Big Ten is, is uh, you know, some lofty expectations. Um, the Gophers do bring a lot back, um, which is something that going for us. In fact, four Gophers were named to one of the three uh, all Big Ten preseason teams, including Sammy Walker, who was on the first team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Gophers are expected to make some noise. Um, as we said, the Big Ten did announce the 2020 portion of the schedule. Uh, Minnesota is the only school that will play eight games. Everybody else will play ten. Um, the only difference being uh, all the other six teams in the conference will play uh, one of their two non-conference series against Arizona State, while the Gophers will not. They'll have to play Arizona State twice in 2021. Uh, but, yeah, Minnesota season starts Thursday, uh, the 19th, when Penn State comes in to, to Mariucci. Uh, they'll play Thursday night at 7.30 on BTN, and then they play game two of that series. You can't call it a weekend series because it's Thursday, Friday. Uh, they'll face off at 3 p.m. Friday on BTN, which will then lead into the Gopher-Purdue game Friday night also on BTN. Um, as Chris said, uh, weekend games, at least in the early part of the schedule, are, aren't happening. Minnesota will follow up that Thursday-Friday series with a uh, Tuesday-Wednesday series when Ohio State is coming in the following Tuesday-Wednesday. Um, BTN announced that both those games will also air on BTN and face off at 7.30. Um, then Minnesota gets the Thanksgiving weekend off and then heads to Michigan for a pair. Uh, they play Michigan State. Uh, I believe it's the Wednesday, Thursday, or it might be Thursday, Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, and then they stay in Michigan and, and play the Wolverines the following uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, and once again, BTN announced that both those games will air on, on BTN. So six of the first eight Gophers games will be on Big Ten Network. That's why you're seeing a lot of these weird weekday game times is because they want to try and put as many games as possible on television uh, since you're not worrying about crowds and things like that. Um, you know, the the good news is so far that there's only one, you know, weirdest start time at 3 p.m. faceoff on a Friday, and that's at least a Friday. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still wondering once the Big Ten basketball season gets into full swing, if you're not going to see some 3 or 4 p.m. face-offs on a Wednesday to lead into to basketball coverage as well. But um, for right now, the Gophers will play, you know, all their games except for that, that 3 p.m. Friday game at, at a normal time, just not necessarily on the normal nights. All right, so the women, WCHA has or has not released the early schedule? The WCHA did. They also came out last Friday and announced their 2020 portion of the schedule. Um, the, the problem the WCHA is dealing with is they have three big, big Ten teams, obviously Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and then four NSIC teams, UMD, St. Cloud, Bemidji, and Mankato. Um and the Big Ten pretty much is requiring anybody that plays one of their schools to match up with the Big Ten COVID testing requirements, 
which are significantly more frequent and significantly more expensive for a normally Division II team. Um, so it sounds like the WCHA has got that sort of figured out, but for the first portion of the schedule, uh, the Gophers will play Big Ten teams only, except for one series against Minnesota Duluth. Uh, it sounds like Minnesota Duluth is, because they're part of the University of Minnesota system, it's easier for them to ramp up to the, to the same testing protocols that the Gophers are doing. Um, so UMD is playing, splitting their early portion of the season between uh, the rest of the Minnesota state schools and uh Minnesota and Wisconsin, Ohio State. So, uh, Gopher Hockey will begin next Friday, the 20th, uh, or excuse me, Saturday, the 21st. Uh, they host Ohio State for a series, and then the rest of the Gopher series, women's series are on this typical Friday, Saturday time frame. Um, one reason being is you're not going to get TV. Uh, you'll get the same streaming options that you always have in the past, but but they're not worried about TV for those. So uh, the Gophers get a home home series against Ohio State, then they go up to Duluth Thanksgiving weekend, uh, return home to play Wisconsin uh, the weekend after that, and then head out to Columbus to wrap up the 2020 portion with the series in Ohio State. Um, should be good to see where they're at right away. The Gophers are ranked number four preseason in the country. Wisconsin's number one. Ohio State's five. UMD's eight. So you're in. You're getting four series against all top ten teams. No no breaks whatsoever there for for the Gophers. So um, after after the first eight games, you'd have a pretty good idea of uh, where you're sitting in the both the WCHA race and and the national race. How the hell is the pairwise supposed to work this year? Uh, nobody has an answer to that. That's the best part. Uh, in theory, it's a very good question. Uh, the pairwise usually takes comparisons on, you know, how teams do against common opponents and things like that. Well, obviously there are going to be no non-conference common opponents this year. Uh, Big Ten on the men's side is playing only conference games, except each team gets four games against Arizona State, which counts as a non-conference. And the WCHA women's team is only playing conference games. They're playing no non-conference games. Uh, so that that's a very good question that nobody, uh, as far as I can tell, has, has answered, is how exactly that the NCAA tournament is going to be picking its fields this year. Because you're right, their, their major metric, which they technically use all the time in the pairwise, is basically a, a worthless formula this season so yeah Blake if you had to revise the pairwise to account for this interesting mathematical quandary what would you do I have no idea well that you just you gave us all that great analysis earlier about goals and fewer goals and I thought you might have something I just I, that, I exhausted all of my knowledge in that uh, I honestly, I didn't expect you to come back to me. I, I, I just, I'm unprepared here. It's, you know, it's embarrassing. I'm sorry, but uh, it's just the reality of the situation. Andy gave you a good five minutes. Next time Andy gives you a good five minutes, jot something on a napkin for me. Because I'm going to come back. I, I'll take it as a challenge. I got to do more research next time while Andy's talking. Less <laughs> listening to Andy, more more research. That's that's the takeaway here. All right, back to Iowa. Predictions. Um, I I have chosen to pick Minnesota simply because I hate Iowa, and I don't see any need to go with rationality because my preseason predictions threw rationality out the window, and I've clearly done so well with that. So we're gonna stick with just the heart 
Uh, I'm going to say Minnesota 35, Iowa 31. Andy, how about you? Yeah, you know, my my heart is definitely pulling for Floyd to stay home, but uh, my head is is definitely telling me that it it it's going to be a tough run. Um, you know, unless this go for defense continues to drastically improve more than than everybody can see, um, I, I do think Iowa has the horses both in the running back stable and uh, and their passing game to be able to uh, to make the difference and and. You know, they're most definitely not Illinois. Let's put it that way. Um, I do think the Gopher offense will continue to play well, but when all said and done, um, we we just haven't we we've always had that one critical mistake against Iowa the last couple of years. They've always been in striking distance, and there's always been that one thing that goes wrong. Um, and, and unfortunately, I don't see that changing. So I'm I'm taking the Hawkeyes 37-31, and I hope to hell I'm wrong. Blake. Uh, kind of a similar note to Andy. It it just seems like a bad matchup for Minnesota. I mean, if the Hawkeyes can run the ball, they're usually have a pretty good chance of winning. And I just have not seen enough from Minnesota's linebackers to convince me that they can stop Iowa's running game. Um, and this is Iowa's got a pretty good defense. And I just I don't. If it becomes a shootout, I just don't think Minnesota's offense can keep pace. I kind of see this playing out similar to the Michigan game, maybe not as as lopsided. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I think Floyd will return to Iowa City. I have, I've got Iowa 38, Minnesota 21. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, we will not see those kind of scores uh, this weekend. But you know, it's this is a weird ass season. Hey, uh, at, at, at least we're in theory going to see a game, unlike half of the SEC. Oh God, this is yeah, this is truly a chaos season. The the preseason gotta watch game was LSU Alabama. First of all, LSU sucking. Second of all, not happening because uh, Ed Orgeron doesn't understand how epidemiology works. Um, Wisconsin might sounds like they're going to play Michigan, but will they have a quarterback? We don't know. This is just weird season, people. Um, so you know. Hey, maybe the weird season includes a win over Iowa, in which case, uh, a happy weird season. Uh, if not, then, well, we'll be back for a great takes less filling after the game either way. And, uh, of course, the Sky U podcast next week. In the meantime, keep washing your damn hands, wear your masks, go Gophers, Sky U Ma, row the boat. Oh,